Welcome back to another episode of the Cornell Thank You Podcast. And listeners, if you think you love Cornell, wait until you meet our guest, Tony Chen. Right, Michelle? Yes, 100%, Steph. He is a master connector of Cornell alumni. Yes. And he has big dreams for connecting these people. And he said there's something like 250,000 Cornellians, and he wants to meet every one of them. And he might. He might. He's on his way. (laughs) And we were so excited to meet him. Yes. And you're going to hear all about that right after we roll the intro. So today we have a great guest. Tony Chen is here. He is the class of 2012. And he has created one of the most fun events, I think, that could possibly take place during these last couple of years of really trying times. He has created by himself global Zoom mixers, where people come in and congregate on Zoom. He breaks them up by interest. You can't believe how many options there are. They run all month long, all kinds of different things. It's his brilliant idea. And we are going to hear about that from Tony and his Cornell experience and his vision for Cornell, which is lofty and so in line with how Steph and I feel. So welcome to the show, Tony. We're so glad you're here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, Tony, we talked to you very briefly. This is the first time we've had a chance to meet you, but we could tell right away that you have a deep and passionate love for Cornell. Is Cornell a university that you wanted to go to at a young age, or how did you hear about Cornell, and where did you grow up? Yeah, I, I grew up in the D.C. area, Maryland, Montgomery yes. Blair High School in Silver oh, Spring. I grew up very close to you, Tony, actually, in Montgomery County. That's a good area, Montgomery County. I took the Cornell Bethesda bus to Cornell every break. I did too. Yeah. <laughs> so I, my f- two favorite classes in high school were math and physics. And when I visited Cornell, there was a class called mathematical physics. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, so I decided I wanted to come to Cornell to take that class. It was uh, in the applied engineering physics major, AEP. Wow. And uh, that, that's, uh, that's the major that I did. Yeah, so that's why I chose Cornell. I applied the early decision. Oh, good. Well, that's where our similarities end, Tony, because I avoided all math and science classes once I took the bus to Cornell. (laughs) (laughs) And veered left to the psychology department. Yes. So you got to Cornell, and how did it go? Where did you live? How was your roommate experience? Tell us about young Tony. Yeah, I I really liked how you could take classes in all kinds of different things. So I didn't just do math and physics. I took a bunch of other classes, too. I, I did a law and society minor, oh. and then I took like policy analysis classes and human bonding. That was a good uh, psychology oh, yeah. kind of a child development class. And I took classical sociology. Oh, that was one of my favorite classes too. I really liked all the classes outside of engineering. Yeah. And I liked how Cornell let you do take classes all around in all kinds of areas. And so when you weren't studying, Tony, what types of activities were you involved in your social life and clubs and things like that? Yeah, I, I lived in program houses like a Risley Hall. I lived in Risley for two years. I also lived in the International Living Center for a year. Even though I wasn't international, I still <laughs> lived it there. I got to meet people from all around the world. And uh, Risley, I got to take part in all kinds of artistic programs as well. Wow. So even though I was an engineer, I, even though I studied applied engineering physics, I got to do all kinds of other things because of the other activities. And I also did the debate team too. The debate team was really good. 
you go, we traveled around the country and we competed against other schools in debate. Did you spend all four years on campus, Tony, or did you do study abroad or Cornell and Washington, any programs like that? All, all four years on campus. Did you know your roommate when you got to college, your first roommate? I, I, I met him, I think, on Facebook beforehand, but it was, a, it was a good luck. It was a good luck of the draw. Oh, good. I was a freshman year roommate with him, and then I was sophomore year roommate with him as well in the International Living Center. Uh, oh, we, we run together a lot. Yeah, he's a good friend. Oh, that's so nice. And so you mentioned running. Did you take part in um, anything organized? Was it intramural sports, or was this just something you guys did for fun and recreation? Yeah, I did the intramural sports. I did. Uh, I organized the Risley football team and the Risley volleyball team. So we, we would uh, have a small group of like five people, 10 people, and we would show up and we would play. We lost every game, but we had a good time. <laughs> Tony, I'm getting the sense you are a great organizer of people. Is that one of your skill sets? I, I think I started learning a lot of that at Cornell, at Risley. Yeah. I think the yeah, I don't. I didn't do too much organizing in high school, but in college, I started doing more of it. It was pretty easy. You just go down the hallway and you ask people to sign up with you, and you get their emails, and then you email them. You know, it, it is a fundamental thing. People want to be connected, and sometimes it just you need a connector. And it strikes me that you are that type of person. You like connecting people with each other. Yeah, it's like a very good win-win. Everybody is very happy afterwards. Like you connect them. So it's like uh, you can create happiness out of thin air by just connecting people. That's true. Actually, Michelle is a great connector of people. She's always been. It's one of her greatest Thank skills. You. She can Thank bring you. people together. Yes, it seems like it would be an easy thing to do, but it's not. You really have to know how to bring people together to do it effectively. First of all, thank you. But that is a great segue into what he's doing now, which I am dying to tell everybody about. So Tony, tell us, what did you start organizing? I think it was May of 2020. And tell us what happened. Yeah, I organized a lot of events for the Cornell Club of DC before the pandemic. So oh. there were a lot of people, every week would have a different event. Like we would have a run three miles and have lunch together event. And then another week we might have a knitting event where we go to the coffee shop and we, and we knit together. Hmm. We knit big red scarves together. Really? Was that a popular event? Yeah. Yeah. We started off with one table of like eight Cornelians. And then by the end, we had like three tables of 20 or so Cornelians. A lot of scarves flying around the cafe. And I'd imagine snoods. <laughs> <laughs> we also had like a big red eating club too. And okay. uh, we went golfing as well once. So it's, I, I feel like we could have kept it going, but the pandemic stopped it. And when the pandemic came, we had to switch over to virtual. So I started organizing a crossword event every week. So that's been going on for two and a half years now almost. So every Saturday at 3 p.m., we get together and we solve the New York Times crossword puzzle together. And we've been successful every time. Then we do the spelling bee. Can anybody join in? So let's say Steph and I, maybe we're not great at the New York Times puzzle, but could we join in and see the process and participate to the best of our ability? It's open to all Cornelians. We have Cornelians joining from Boston, from Seattle, from mid-America, Kansas, Florida, Delaware. We have Cornelians from all around joining. The psychological piece of these Zoom mixers must be fascinating. Steph and I would like to be in there just for that piece of it. How do you manage those personalities? And have there been fights or, you know, even just disagreements in the group? And what happens when that happens? 
the, the ones that come every time, they, they hold the group together very well. So like when new people join, they get acclimated to the, to the culture of the group. The initial culture was pretty hard to set up. So Tony, just give us a sense of what's happening on these Zoom calls, not ones where you're coming together to solve a crossword puzzle, but ones uh-huh. that are just like a social mixer. Are people in small breakout groups or is everyone talking at the same time? How's it work? Yeah, it's a wide range of breakout rooms. So some are small, some are big. Some have like two people in it. Others might have like 15, 20 people in it. It looks just like any other Zoom. I think the main thing I focus on is the culture of the Zoom. I try very hard to create a welcoming culture where any Cornelian can come and meet other Cornelians. I think once expectations get set, like uh, most people who come expect to stay for an hour or two or three or four hours. So once that expectation gets set, and they also come expecting to meet people and make friends with each other. So once the expectation is set, then new people come and they start to pick up on that expectation and they acclimate to the expectation. Do you moderate every Zoom mixer or do you have other volunteer moderators? How does it work? It's, it's not too moderated right now. I think the, the core group of alumni who come to every call, that helps self-moderate. One good thing is Cornelius can move around the different breakout rooms. If one conversation starts to not be as interesting, then they can hop into another conversation. Okay. Yeah, that, that helps a lot. Okay, so they're not stuck. It's not as if they're put in breakout rooms for a certain amount of time and they can't leave before that time is up. They have the flexibility. Yeah, Zoom came up with that wonderful new feature where you can choose your own breakout room. Wow, so it really is like a cocktail party. You can bounce around, talk to different people. Whoever's on the call is available to you to speak with. Yeah, I think the main thing also is that it happens every two weeks for over two years now. So that people, they come expecting to see the people they've made friends with from before. So Tony, now that, you know, we we're still have COVID, but that the pandemic has lessened a bit, are, are you still planning on keeping these going? Or are you going to go back to meeting in cafes and smaller groups like that? Oh, I think the Zoom one is pretty good. The goal was to have a place where any Cornelian can come and make a new friend who's also a Cornelian. Even if you don't come, you could still know that you have a place where you could come and make new friends. And how do you come up with the ideas for the Zooms? Are these things that you come up with or do people contact you and say, hey, I would love a group that talks about smart technology or caring for the environment? How do the subgroups happen? We have a lot of those, but in reality, most people, they come that's like the reason that they come. But once they come, they start talking about other things too. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. a lot of times we, we tried having like sustainability rooms and all the other different rooms, but they end, all end up like start, start talking about maybe somewhat about sustainability. And over time, they start talking about all kinds of other things too. Because Cornelians have a variety of interests. So they talk about all kinds of different things. That's amazing, Tony. And our listeners should know, I don't know if we made this clear. This is, you're doing this all on your free time as a volunteer. You do not work for Cornell University. Oh, no, I don't work for Cornell. I, I volunteer. I volunteer. It's a very good way to meet more people. And I enjoy it very Fabulous. much. Yeah. That's wonderful. And you told us that you're able, well, I don't know, in the pandemic era, but even before that you can travel around and you've met so many Cornellians all over the world. Yeah, there's so many Cornellians everywhere. I'm trying to meet more and more of them. Try to meet all of them, but there's so many Cornellians. And ultimately, is there a giant goal outside of having people meet each other is there like a dream goal for you with these mixers yeah i want the alumni community to be very very tight-knit with each other because right now it's uh, any person any study but in a lot of industries any person any study doesn't get 
that you get you that far. You still need to have the connections with people. So the goal is to have the alumni community very, very tight knit. So you get any person, any study and any friend. So that way you're able to be successful in anything that you choose to do. You have to also know people. I, I just want to mention, because we do have listeners, Tony, that ha- that didn't go to Cornell. They just like our show and they like our guests. That Cornellians will know that our motto by Ezra Cornell, our founder was, I would found an institution where any person can, what is it? I don't know. Now I forgot. <laughs> I was going to be so impressed. I will, wait, hold on. I will found an institution where any person can study any subject. Can find study in any subject. Can find study in any subject. Okay, I butchered it. I butchered it. <laughs> well said, Stephanie. <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> and now you've added where any person can meet any other Cornelian. Yes, I love that. Tony, do you know what Hot Truck is? Was that there when you were there? Yeah, now it's the shortstop deli, I think now. Yes. Yeah, I had the poor man's pizza when I was there. Oh, good. Well, that's a great segue. I want to talk yeah. to him a little bit about some of his Cornell loves. So for Hot Truck, you said PMP was your main order. Yeah. Okay. How about what was your favorite on-campus and off-campus dining? I liked Risley a lot. I had a lot of friends in Risley because like, we, we all live in the same building together. We all had activities like Lost Coffee. We all had our murals that we all shared. We painted the murals together. Yeah. We had Harry Potter night. It's like a, it was a very good community of people. And you go into the Risley dining hall and there's all these friends sitting at all kinds of tables. You can sit in one table, talk to them, and then you can switch to another table and you can talk to them. There's just so many friends in Risley. I like Risley dining hall. Where was your favorite place to study? I didn't study very, very much. No, I, I went to a few libraries, like the Mail library, music library. There's the Eurus library. Sure. I've been to a lot of the libraries. Yeah. Did you have a favorite class? I, I like all the unique ones, like uh, Introduction to Policy Analysis, where I learned about the Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid. I would have never learned otherwise. The classical sociology, we learned about Weber, Durkheim, Zimmo, Protestant ethics and the spirit of capitalism. Like uh, all, the, all those things I would have never read if it wasn't for that class. I, I hate to interrupt him. How does he remember all of this? Tony... He is amazing. Yes, you're absolutely amazing. I can't remember a single thing right now. Tony, what would about your favorite sporting events to attend? I didn't go to any. Not one. Football? Hockey. All right, take him at his word. Tony, all right. Okay, what about if you went to College Town, did you have a favorite bar or restaurant that you would go to often? Like Louis' lunch was actually the main thing I ate outside of the dining hall because it was right across the street from Risley. I like the fries there. That wasn't really in College Town though. That, that was on North Campus. That's true. Did you have a favorite bar in College Town? No. Okay. Liked them all. Yes. Do you have a favorite memory from Cornell? I, I really like the bench on the slope. Yeah, there's a bench on the slope that says, uh, to those who sit here rejoicing, to those who sit here mourning, sympathy and greetings, so have we done in our time. And that was from like the class of like 18 something. So I like, I like that bench a lot. That was a good memory because uh, even though they're all gone now, that bench is still there. That's right. Younger generations can sit on that bench too. And we all share that same memory with them. That's a nice memory of live slope. Our friend Dave Price mentioned that same bench as something that really affected him 
Yeah, across the generations. That's right. Exactly. So I want to ask you this because I feel like you were great at finding opportunities and making friends. I mean, you really seem to be able to connect with people wherever you go. What advice would you give to a freshman that maybe is nervous about coming to Cornell and making those connections? What's your best advice? Well, I recommend doing all kinds of different activities. There's, there's so much at Cornell. It's like you could do all kinds of different things at Cornell. So try doing all kinds of different things. So some things might not fit, but, but there's, has, there, there's so much going on at Cornell. There has to be something that fits. You're absolutely right. That's, that's great advice. So Tony, before we ask you our last question that we asked to all of our guests, can you tell our listeners where they can find you and the uh, Cornell mixers and how other Cornellians can get involved in the things that you're putting together? Uh, yeah, yeah, we're, we're pretty active on the social media platforms like Facebook and LinkedIn. So if you search for Cornell Mixers, then it'll show up there. Yeah, I want to talk to every Cornellian too. So if anybody wants to chat, just reach out to me. I'd love to chat. Okay. We'll put your uh, contact information in our show notes so that people can just click it easily and, and find you and connect, which would be great. All right. I mean, I'm curious about this because you have a lot of energy. Do you have a favorite song? that just makes your day or brings you right back to Cornell? Yeah, I learned how to play the alma mater when I was at Reunion two weeks ago. Oh, okay. It's pretty easy. I played the melody on the right hand, one finger at a time. So that, that's my favorite song. And during the pandemic too, we would sing it at the end of every mixer as well. Oh, I love that. Yes. Hundreds some Cornellians singing the alma mater on Zoom together. It, it was A lot of times it was out of sync, but it was a beautiful song. It is. It, we have a great alma mater, I will say. So, Tony, as you think back on your Cornell experience, what are you most thankful for? Most thankful for the friendships. I made a lot of friends during college as well as after college. So Cornell is very good at facilitating uh, friendships between all the different colleges when you're at school. And then after you graduate, there's all the alumni clubs. Like I go to Boston, I go to the Cornell Club of Boston events. I go to San Francisco. I go to the Cornell NorCal events. Mm. I uh, like every, every year they also have uh, Keiko. They also have, which is a class officer, class alumni officer meeting. They also have a reunion every year. There's a continuous reunion club where you could meet other Cornellians there. There's just so many ways to meet more Cornellians, meet more friends. So at school, as well as after school, a lifetime of friends afterwards as well. I love that answer. It's such a, it's such a good answer. And I know that you were very good to Steph and me when you heard about our podcast and you were willing to connect us to people. And now we consider you a friend and we're so grateful for your time. And we're so grateful to meet you and for everything that you're doing. We're going to be a little more active Steph. Yes. Try out some of these things. It'll be really well. Thank you, Tony. Thanks so much, Tony. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for listening. Join us next week for another episode of the Cornell Thank You podcast. (laughs) 